welcome to livealittlehigher.com. We live in a time in which we are searching for equality, for integration, for synthesis, for cohesion. We're trying to put everything together. And, uh, and we see how this is dominating our world. No ideologies are coming out from all these ideas. But although in essence, it's a pure and noble thing that we would want to create this unity in the world, because at the end of the way of the day, there's nothing separate from God. Everything comes up to be the one. And in, in, in the world, harmony is a good thing. Sometimes we have to realize that also putting things together that don't go together create the other opposite effect than harmony. So this is the essence of the Torah, <clears throat> the kilaim laws that are given to us in this parasha, the parasha of Kitsetse, in which we're giving a series of prohibited laws of intermixing of certain breeds and certain species that are not allowed to be put together. Well, the Torah is obviously in favor of unity and harmony. Everything we do in life is to connect the name of God and to bring unity to the world. Indeed, it is stated that the Torah is here to bring peace to the world in a reveal and underlying oneness of the reality of the one, the one God. And the Torah is also a guardian of boundaries which God established in creation. So Hashem also tells us in his, in his creation, in his blueprint of creation, which is the, the Torah, which is the architectural plan of this world, he also tells us these things don't go together. And when we don't put them together, we're also creating peace in the world. So there are two principles to which most everyone will subscribe. One is the pursuit of unity, and the other one is the per preservation of individuality. And the question is always in the particulars, in the who, what, when, where, and how life, and how, and how of life. So the Torah's function as the harbinger of peace in the world really is to show us what Hashem desires. So when we do what we want, we're really not bringing unity in the world. When we abstain from things that we want to do, but they're not what Hashem wants us to do, then we are bringing unity to the world. The Torah tells us which entities should be joined together and which should be kept apart. And it instructs us, instructs us if, when, and how a given element or force in creation should be integrated into our lives. So specifically in this Torah portion, there's, there's these laws that are given to us. They're called the Kilayim laws, which forbid the hybridization of certain species of plants and animals. There's three laws in particular, which are dealt with in this, in this Torah portion. One is you shall not sow your vineyard with diverse seeds. The second one is you shall not plow with an ox and a donkey together. And the third one is you shall not wear shatnes. So shatnes 
really is a, is a hook, is one of those laws that we don't understand. They're hooking. Uh, we have to tap into the supra-rational part of ourselves and connect to faith to be able to keep these laws. So the first law which forbids the sowing of grain in a vineyard is the most ex extreme form of kilayim amongst the three of these laws because when you sow seeds in a vineyard or in a, or in a, or in a field, that are different, like you put apples next to pears or apples next to oranges, what happens is that the roots of these seeds, when they start coming out, they start intermingling one with the other and they derive nourishment one from the other and the result is a true hybrid. A plant that has integrated into, into itself the characteristics of another species. The grape or kernel of grain might not be externally distinguishable from a normal grape or a kernel, but it has been intrinsically altered, its taste, texture, and other qualities affected by the fact that it shared the soil and nurture with different species. This places it in the same class as another form of kilayim, which the Torah forbids, which is in Leviticus, and it's a prohibition to breed a hybrid animal by mating two different species, one with the other. So you cannot put a cat and a, and a dog together because it's gonna create something that is completely different and it's not from God. So we have a second uh, law which is contrasting and it is the yoking an ox, an ox and a donkey to, say, to, to, to the same plow to go and plow a land together. And this is also forbidden. This is also seen as hybridization. And although you're not mixing the species together to create a new species, nevertheless, this, there's an effect that is produced when they're plowed together that is forbidden by the Torah. And then we come to the third form of, of kilayim, which is the prohibition of wearing shatnes which is that you are prohibited to wear a garment that has wool and linen together, that it has been put together. So for example, you would tell me, Margie, like if they don't go, like if you, if you make the wool is something for, for winter, linen is something for summer, it breathes, they're two completely different uh, textures and one warms, the other one is fresh, one comes from a plant, the other one comes from an animal. But you would be surprised how many clothes are, 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 are done in this way, especially the suits of men, especially the expensive suits of men, uh, the, color, the color bones of the, of the suits have a, a mixture of wool and linen and a Jewish man that is God-fearing, he will take this garment to a special man that will open the colors up and he will, uh, and he will make sure that there's no mixture of wool and linen and, uh, and in that way the person can wear it. Uh, it is a hawk, as I said before, uh, we don't understand this law. Uh, it says that Kabbalistically it creates like a, like a short circuit in the soul and that's why uh, uh, we should not wear it. But uh, regarding to the, to the para 
partial, what we're talking about here, it's what it's saying is that <clears throat> that we don't wear these two these two species together. They are distinct from each other, and um, and 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 we should not put we should not wear them together. That is the the alaha. So. So we see that the very severity of shotness is the reason for its seemingly leniency because wool and linen are so different they cannot be truly combined. No matter how tightly you sew them together or you interwine them together, they will never come to be attached one to the other. So these two plants can be grafted to form a third hybrid species when you put two plants together, when you put two seeds together. Two animals can produce a third hybrid animal, but a plant and an animal cannot be interbred, and the only type of kilanin possible in such a combination is the joint, is the joint, um, is the joint action type. It's more about action. So until the garment is actually worn, no intermixing has taken place, and the two elements are simply coexisting side by side. It is only when the wool and the linen fibers act together as a garment that the conflicting forces containing these two elements clash, disrupting the peace and the subtle balance of mutuality and distinctiveness which the Torah endeavors to implement in the world. So as we have learned before in the teachings of Hasidut, um, we learned that the body, the Torah, the body of the Torah is Alaha, is Jewish law. And the Torah also has a neshama, also has a soul. And the soul of the Torah is the mystical point of the, of the mystical aspect of, of what we're saying. So we see here, we just learned the alaha, but our sages teach us, they have taught us that man is a microorganism, he's a micro universe, and like a macrocosmic counterpart of the four kingdoms of mineral, vegetable, animal, and human. The plant kingdom within the human being are the emotions of the heart, this is where it's, it's, it's parallel to our emotions, while the animal kingdom in man is the intellect. It is in this context that we might, un might understand the spiritual application of the laws of Kilainim detailed above. So as a rule, a person should aspire towards an integration and synthesis of the many facets of his emotional and inte intellectual faculties. But as is in the case with the physical universe, there are exceptions to this rule, and the various forms of plant uh, of the kilaim represent those particular traits of the heart whose combination is disruptive rather than conducive to emotional harmony. So the various forms of animal kilianim represent similar untenable crossbreeding in the realm of the mind, and the law of shatness warns against a certain disruptive union of mind and heart. So you know, Jews, the Torah, everything we do in our lives, the moment we open our eyes, we say, so intellectually we're giving thanks to Hashem about giving us life again and every little aspect of our lives every little detail of everything we do is to connect mind and, and heart uh, 
in the Tanya we learned that the heart is the seat of our animal soul. This is where the animal part of ourselves is, is the, the emotional part of ourselves. It's also the seat of, of the godly soul on the right side of the heart. You have both. And to be able to bring them together, you have to have that interaction of God. If you don't have God in the picture, then you have a complete chaotic experience in your life because mind over body, mind over heart, but sometimes the mind take, takes you somewhere uh, which the heart doesn't feel or the heart feels something the mind doesn't think and then you are completely not um, uh, aligned. The Alter Rebbe says that the Tanya Hasidut teaches a person to think with the heart and to feel with the mind. What does this mean? What it means is that your thoughts have to be proper. They have to be in accordance to your feelings and your feelings have to be appropriate for your thoughts. Sadness, for example, if a person is sad because they experience a sad event in their lives, it is an appropriate sadness. The person is, 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 is uh, encouraged to dwell, to grieve. This is the proper approach. Otherwise, if a person wakes up in the morning and he's sad for no reason, then there's a disconnect. There's something that is not going right. So it is precisely because the mind and the heart are so different from each other. The laws warning against their hybridization are less constricting. In the case of the mixed feelings of cross-wire thoughts processes, there is the ever-present danger in the creation of a hybrid, a third species, which blurs the differences between its progenitor and com commingles their qualities and undesirable ways. In the case of the very different realms, of mind and heart, however, so much interbreeding is possible. So as a rule, the synthesis of mind and heart, which is not an easy task, it is very hard. It is very hard to keep yourself connected to the, to the one, to Hashem, that everything you do in your life, the intention is for Hashem. You know, today I went to give a, a talk and they were talking about a, a book, uh, uh, one of those new age books of, of, of looking at life in a positive way, thinking good, doing all these things. And yes, many of these theories, many of these teachings come from the Torah. The Torah is the most positive outlook of life. Hashem wants us to be happy and Hashem wants us to look at the world in, with good eyes. Everything it bottles down to that. But at the same time, I told this person, like, you have to be very careful with these types of ideologies or, or, or fads, as you want to call them. Because, yes, people can want to be better. People want to better themselves. Yeah, and that's very commendable. It's, it's human nature to want to thrive higher, to want to go, go higher than where you are, but not at the expense of your neshama and your connection to Hashem. Because one thing is that you are a, a, a self-improvement project, which you're not. Because your godly soul is perfect. It doesn't need to, to be improved, it's perfect. But what you need to do is to do the right thing because this is what Hashem wants you to do. Not only Hashem wants you to do, but you were designed 
to do the right thing. Although you, all your makeup, all your hardwire takes you the other direction, your essence is designed to want the good, is designed to want to do what Hashem wants you to do. So yes, you want to be generous because it is, it, that makes you a better person, but you're not generous because that makes you a better person. This is not the reason you should be generous. The reason that you should be generous is because Hashem made you to be generous, because Hashem made you with the purpose of being generous. Even if your makeup is a stingy makeup, which Hashem made you stingy, it's not your fault, He made you stingy. But when you go against this nature, not because you want to feel generous, not because you want to feel good about yourself, not because you want to be a good person, but because you are generous, because your essence is generous, because when you act generously, you are acting in a godly manner. So it's not about you, it's about Hashem. And this is a very fine line in, in, in how we do things and the intentions that we have. When we live our lives doing Hashem's will because we came to this world because this is the purpose of us being here. This is why we're here. He wants us to do this. He wants us to give the tzedakah. He wants us to eat kosher. He wants us to keep Shabbat. We are designed for that. This is a true design. So when you are living in this way, mind and heart are synchronized. They're aligned. But when your head tells you one thing and your heart tells you another thing, and then it becomes, it becomes a, a mesh. It becomes a, 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 a person that he, one way he wants one thing, the other thing tells him to do another thing, and he at the end doesn't do what he should be doing. So this is what we're learning here, that in reality, Hashem wants us to be the people that we are meant to be. We should be people that don't mix things that don't go together. We have to live truly of who we really are. And, uh, and from here we finish off that the, 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 the spiritual shatness is the attempt to make a garment from an, a mixture of intellect and feeling. And there is nothing intrinsically negative in such a composite per se indeed. The attainment of a synthesis of mind and heart is one of the highest, the, the most difficult achievements of humankind. And as the Alter Rebbe says, that the Tanya teaches a person to think with the heart and to feel with the head. Because it has to be proper. It has to be conducive to godliness, to holiness. And when we're not con conducting ourselves in the ways of holiness, of godliness, which is for what we were made to be, then we have all these, um, all these uh, short circuits in ourselves. So I want to wish you a blessed week and remember, live a little higher. Thank you.